Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. 624 on a great afternoon for talk radio. We had discussed last hour with our panel about uh, this cartoon that's caused a real stir. Social media has just uh, lit up because a guy named Bruce McKinnon, who's a Halifax-based cartoonist with the Chronicle Herald there, decided to, uh, in reference to the uh, Kavanaugh hearings and Christine Ford's allegations, uh, to show Lady Liberty with the scales of justice sort of cast aside she's pinned down and there's a hand covering her mouth and the other that's pinned her wrist and uh the sleeves on the uh, two arms have cufflinks uh that are the republican elephant meaning that somewhere along the line uh if i'm getting this correct that uh she is being muzzled by the republicans or it was a republican doing this uh i was just trying to be well, I was trying to understand what the cartoon's point was effectively, and uh, it got into an interesting discussion last hour. But from the legal perspective, uh, when it comes to due process and all the rest, I'm just worried or wondering if, in fact, that's being lost in this whole uh, he said, she said narrative where uh, there's a confirmation bias, admittedly, I think. And uh, depending on which side you believe, that uh, would maybe confirm or affirm it for you uh but let's get joe newberger in here he's a global news radio legal analyst and uh he can give us perhaps that perspective filtered through the prism of somebody in the profession joe it's good to have you back on the oakley show good afternoon good afternoon thank you for having me on did you see the cartoon i did what did and you I make listened carefully to your show as there I always do, because well, I love it. There you go, there you go, Joe. Uh, so work's kind of slow these days. <laughs> All right. No, uh, what was your sense? What did you take away from the cartoon? You know, I get the sense that there is a real movement against due process, that, that there is a misunderstanding of what it is to bring an allegation and have it litigated on its merits as opposed to in the public. That's the concern I have. And in the United States, and I got to tell you, I don't care much for the U.S. politics, but there is weighted too much politics in trying to determine what is the truth in any given allegation. And this is a very serious issue with a potential, you know, nominee for the Supreme Court of the United States. And we're getting lost in all this morass with how we should be dealing with these allegations appropriately, not just for the complainants, but also for the accused, in my opinion. You know, but the argument made is uh, it's a job interview. It's not a trial. Who cares? It's so serious. This has played out at the highest level with people promulgating all sorts of opinions about, you know, the Me Too movement and allegations that should be believed. And, you know, he is subject to all sorts of incredible scrutiny. I can't imagine this to be more serious. I can't. If this played out in a courtroom, it would be quiet. This is at the highest level in the United States, and it should be dealt with with integrity. And I don't see this happening and balance. It concerns me. And due process is very important. These are allegations from, what, 35, 36, 37 years ago? 
very, very, I have grave concerns about how this is being dealt with. And I don't want this to reflect in Canada so that we denigrate any allegations brought forward on a historical basis for complainants, but also for the rights of the accused. These allegations need to be litigated appropriately to protect everybody and the interests of somebody who's accused of an offense to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. And in the United States, it's becoming a circus. Well, you know, again, uh, the due process or beyond a reasonable doubt is now being sublimated by the credibility question, like who's right. more credible? Who's more credible? Right. I, I, I didn't realize that was the new standard. You're absolutely right. And how do you determine that? How? Somebody comes before the Senate committee and they cry. Both cried. Both, you know, I just, I'm amazed that this is from 37 years ago and this is being litigated in front of a committee right now. But the reality is it's not just on their credibility. Are there other witnesses? Is there any demonstrative evidence to support this or refute this? And, and again, Justice Kavanaugh, I don't know the guy. I, I don't practice in the United States. But, you know, I think he's had a pretty stellar career. Why did this not come out when he was on some other bench? He was on the Court of Appeals. Why not a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, five years ago? Well, no, yeah. I, I would respond as the uh, panelists, the female panelists did last hour, that uh, sometimes victims or alleged victims break. are re- reluctant to do so right. because it's uh, difficult, awkward in terms of the times. Uh, they n- would not have been believed. And now this is like an epiphany, a watershed moment where uh, right. me, me Too has made it possible. It's an epiphany when his appoint his being subjected to an appointment to the Supreme Court of the United States. That's the epiphany, as opposed to being on a court of appeal, which is equally significant in the United States or in Canada. Anybody who would be appointed to the court of appeal in Ontario, very significant point in time. So why now? Look, it may be legitimate. It may not be. I just question the timing and the veracity of it now. I have great concerns for that. And we need to take a step back and take an objective look and a fair approach at this. And this is for both sides. This is for both sides. The reality is for people come forward with historical complaints, we need to do this in, a, in an unbiased, sophisticated manner to address all the issues and all the sensitivities. I don't see this playing out in the United States. And frankly, the excuses which are given, that's given that now this is coming out at this time, for me, falls very flat. But Joe, uh, since this is effectively a political decision that's being made, right. objectivity goes out the window. And therefore, you know, all the suspension of, uh, you know, the presumption of innocence is uh, supposedly, you know, sacrosanct in due process. But that's fallen by the boards here now. It's the sentiment of the mob or uh, whichever prevailing narrative can take hold. And social media gins it up and the mainstream media gins it up. I mean, uh, we're living in dangerous times. I I sense, I said to uh, my partner the other night, this is neo-McCarthyism. I agree with you. 100%. This is very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. We're on the precipice of a very dangerous step. If this is the way we want to litigate these issues very bad. It won't help complainants, and it will certainly not help accused people. We need to seek the truth. It serves neither, and that's a problem. It does not serve the complainants. It does not serve the accused. Very, very, very bad. Do you think the extension of one week for the FBI to uh, conduct a seventh investigation will uh, help us get any closer to the truth? 
Not at all. You, you, yeah, look, I'm cynical at best, but one week to try and investigate this at this stage of the game is a joke. How are they going to go back in time and interview everybody possible in one week? They need time. They need resources to do this properly. One week is not sufficient. If this is a real complaint that something that happened 37 years ago, it needs the appropriate time to do it. But now was not the time to come forward with the complaint if it was legitimate. This person has been in a position of trust for a long time. Why now? And we need to look. I'm not saying this because of Justice Kavanaugh. That's not my point on coming on your show. My point is we need to have our eye on the ball to protect both complainants and accused. So if there's an issue, let's bring it forth in a timely fashion, have it investigated appropriately, and deal with it on its merits, on an appropriate standard. Not like this. This is a wrong thing for anybody to hold their hat on and say, this is how it has to be. This is absolutely wrong, in my opinion. All right, uh, Joe, I appreciate that. I mean, it seems like we've ceded the high ground to the court of public opinion and however right. that plays out, and uh, that isn't a real court, and you just wanted to remind us of that fact. I think we're losing sight of it. As I said, very dangerous development, so we're on the same page as far as that's concerned. Uh, I agree. I appreciate you your time as always. Thank you having me on, John. Thank you. Have a great show. Thank you, Joe. Uh, Joseph Newberger, again, Global News Radio legal analyst with Newberger and Partners, LLP. As we head into the home stretch, I mean, that's a story that uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for the remaining days of the week, if in fact it even goes to Friday, because I know that the full Senate's supposed to vote on this, uh, but there are a handful of senators that are vacillating, and they're susceptible to the court of public opinion, obviously. I mean, in some cases... (laughs) Two or three of the senators are running in deep red states where if they really want their cans handed to them uh, in the month of November, November 6th, then they'll vote against Kavanaugh. I mean, these are states that Trump carried by 40 points. Joe Manchin in West Virginia. He's the dead man walking unless he votes to affirm Kavanaugh's uh, ascension to the Supreme Court. And there is Collins in Maine and uh, Murkowski. Where's she from? Michigan, I think, and uh, the other one's up there in uh, Alaska. Nonetheless, uh, Heidi Heitkamp, she's another one. Look at me, spending way too much time following this stuff. Uh, Let's come back and closer to home. Yeah, we got our own considerations here in Canada with this latest deal that's been cobbled together. The USMCA. You know why they didn't call it? Look, it's US, Mexico, and Canada. Canada gets two letters. Why isn't USMC? Because that's the United States Marine Corps. They didn't want confusion. (laughs) So we got that extra letter in there. That was the SOP. In in exchange for opening up our dairy market, uh, we got the extra letter in the agreement. It's now the USMC. Well, I wanted to speak to that. Uh, Some people not too impressed with the fact that there's still protections involving the dairy cartel and uh, how this industry has really done rather well by the latest, uh, even this latest agreement. In a moment, we'll get to that more. On The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. It's fun to stay at the USMCA. It's fun to stay at the USMCA. 